Hey friends, Brett from Trigonomics and welcome to Porch Beers. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a good one here for you and a serious conversation at that. So as you know, typically what we do, two questions called for Trog. The first one is in that microeconomic personal finance world. How does the economy impact me or could my decisions be better, etc.? The second question is usually about the macro environment. How does the economic system have an impact on the world or on our community or on the country? Bigger populations, bigger policies, things like that. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to do one question for Trog, and we're going to ask him about his decision-making process and his thought process when navigating a life event. So over the course of the podcast, we've talked about things like managing money as a family, with your partner, with your kids, teaching your kids about money, being responsible and thinking about retirement, thinking about emergency savings, things like that. Now, let's say hypothetically all of that is going well. We're on the right path. But a life event happens like an older parent or a sibling uh, comes into your life that needs to be taken care of. They can't take care of themselves and they need to move in with you and they need your support. Perhaps there's a death in the family and you have to take over the responsibilities for a child. Uh, How does that change plan? And what do you do to make sure that that new addition to your family is well taken care of and that your existing family is also well taken care of? So we ask him that question. In the concept of this conversation, we're using the idea of another child is coming into his life, whether it's from a family or a friend passing away and Trog and his family raising this child. So it's a little bit of a heavier topic than we normally do, but it's something that I think uh, is relevant to the conversations that we usually have. Sometimes we have that initial emotional response, which I think makes perfect sense in this case of, of course, we're going to raise this child. Of course, we're going to take them in and make them feel welcome and do everything we can to help them have a happy childhood and a peaceful life after going through some trauma. But the next step is, how do we do that? Uh, And as the adults in the room, we have to be responsible. So we asked Trog this question. He walks us through it. He's got a really great response. We lighten it up at the beginning with a little bit of beer talk, and then we get right down to it. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you find it valuable. It was very valuable for me as somebody who would potentially take away some uh, some of the nuggets and some of the process that he goes through uh, when he makes decisions like this or potentially could also. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the episode. We'll see you next time. Welcome to Porch Beers. Yeah. Nice to see you again. Good, day, good little hang. How's your day starting off so far? It's good. We're having unseasonably warm weather, and so I'm on the real porch today. It's a true, it's a true porch beer experience. I'm in, right. uh, as you know, I'm in Portland, where it is a balmy 39 degrees. So I do I see often, sun, though. Oh, yeah. The sun is there. It just, it isn't, uh, it didn't get the connecting flight. So the warmth is, uh, you know, stranded somewhere in the Bay Area, I think. Uh, it's chilly out there but it is uh it is gorgeous and you can see my forest backyard is uh starting to change colors a little bit so i got a uh i got an interesting one for you i hope it's a good one i got uh i'm gonna stray a little bit off our normal conversation where we kind of do a couple questions we do a little macro a little micro kind of unpacking i feel like we've we've hit a lot of some of the 
some of those uh, easy to hit topics, some of those things where I've always had a little bit of like, hmm, I wonder if Trog could unpack this for me. And I want to go a little, a little heavier. Um, and, and something that I think as adults, you know, once you kind of have this uh, time in your life um, where you're a parent, you're a, uh, you're an adult, you're in charge, you're, you're, you and your, your partner are managing the money, you have a future, you have a past, you have a present, you've got everything. And then there's a life event change. So what I want to do is I'm going to, I'm going to set it up and I want you to just kind of walk me through. This is a, this is something that I think is going to happen to us, uh, at some point. I, I used to always joke with my wife. Um, we've been together since we were probably in our mid twenties, 24, 23, somewhere around there. And there's a, there's a stage as you're, you're getting older where you're like, okay, this is when all of our friends start getting married. Mm-hmm. And then there's a phase where like a lot of your friends start having kids and you're like, oh, that's great. You know, and then that second kid rolls around. Well, then there's kind of the, the life events, the speed bumps, you know, the, the harder stuff happens. It might be in a divorce or there might be a, a job change. Somebody might go through a, a career uh, roadblock. Somebody might move internationally. Uh, you might have parents pass away. Somebody gets cancer. This is one of those like, okay, we're, we're in our 40s now. I'm going to ask you, you as you. You as Trog. Trog is settled in his career. Trog has, uh, you know, a couple kids, got a partner, has a plan, has been, you know, working on his career, has been working on his savings, has been working on his retirement plan, has some financial goals in the future. But I'm going to insert a life event and I want you to walk me through it. The life event is you take on another child into your family, relative or someone out there unexpectedly passes away or can't can't handle the situation and you now have a third child you have kids that are kind of in that middle term of their life they're not toddlers they're not at the first stage but they're also not you know high school about to graduate now you have a third mouth to feed you have college to think about you have maybe some changes in the situation of where you're living financial changes. So I want to, I want to talk about the beers too, but I just want to set this up just so that you can kind of get the wheels turning a little bit. Okay. I want you to walk us through everything. So uh, sit on that for a second. I'm going to introduce what I'm drinking today. Cheers. Nice to see you. I've got the Zeugel House Brewing Company from Portland. Nice German beer. I've mentioned this a few times. Uh, We're looking at Zeugel Weiss, a nice German wheat. Um, One of the things I do enjoy about the German beer making experiences. It's super simple. It's in that minimalistic uh, world that we've talked about in the past. It's just wheat, it's barley, it's water, it's hops, end of conversation. So um, these guys in Portland have kind of a cool vibe. They're out way out on the east side. Um, They put some really good stuff out. They're very much in that German spirit. Cheers, respect to those guys. And uh, what are you having this morning? Yeah, cheers. I am drinking a session IPA from Lone Rider, which is in our capital city of Raleigh. Oh, nice. Oh, I like that can. And, yeah, it's that, uh, called The Hops You Rode In On. Pretty sure that's a reference to either a country <laughs> song or a country western movie. That sounds like a bar in uh, my high school hometown of Norman, Oklahoma. Some some kind of a uh, old, old west cowboy country song. Yeah, yeah. Could be a good country western album name as well. But, Absolutely. Uh, but it's good. So Nice, nice. It's, uh, you said Raleigh? It's in Raleigh, yep. I feel like the... Uh, the North Carolina microbrew scene is just just clicking on all cylinders. Is that you know? I don't, it doesn't sound like there's a lack of good entrepreneurship, good beer making. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's every mid mid major to major city has at least one, you know, if not a few. So yeah, 
that's awesome. That's, you know, Portland's the same way. There's, that's what you do on Sundays. <laughs> you just go find a brewery, hang out, good food. Kids can goof around, get a good beer and, you know, enjoy the afternoon. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> All right. Well, cheers to you. Nice to, uh, nice to get to hang for a little bit. I'm going to have another pull off of this as we get into a, a tough conversation, but uh, hopefully some shed a little light on a, on a unemotional approach to it. All right. So let me think is, um, I guess what situation, so I assume this is kind of a negative situation. This is like a, a godparent where now their parents are gone and now we're the new parents. That exactly. Kind of situation? Okay. exactly. So this is Trog has Trog's job. Trog's partner has, has her job. Trog's kids are the same age and you are now in charge of, uh, of caring for this person um, raising them as you would your own, um, something that you would do, um, it through their, the remainder of their, their childhood. And, and as right. they go into adulthood, you will be that, uh, that person. And I, and I think, like I was saying earlier, I think there's, you know, this isn't something where you're, you know, you're just bumping along and things are going great and you've got your, you know, I'm going to retire at 62 and I've got thinking about maybe getting a, a timeshare or maybe doing a sabbatical or something like that. I've got my future goals, but then it's like, you know what, this is how, this is the world we live in and I need to, to step up and, uh, and take on this, this challenge. The emotional side of me is just like, yeah, dude, no problem. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But I want you to give me your unemotional side of like, yeah, now here's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> Right. Because in, right. in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I'll just figure it out. We'll make more money. We'll have, you know, we'll get some extra room. We'll make sure that, you know, whatever my kids can handle, this person can handle and whatever they get, they get right. But it's, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated and, and more complex scenario. So walk me through kind of your thought process. All right. Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, you sort of asked for kind of the, um, the non-emotional part, but I actually think the first thing I'm thinking about is, just the emotional health of the new family member and, and integration into our family. So I'm probably looking for some, some family counseling, some grief counseling okay. for the child, um, you know, maybe individually or with, with us as the rest of the family. It also depends on the age of the kids. So, you know, my kids are upper elementary, middle school right now. Um, yep. And so is this going to be a peer where they may be in very similar classes or schools, or is this going to be like, a little person that they're going to help kind of take care of, or maybe even an older person. So um, I'm thinking a lot about just making sure that, that we as a family unit are comfortable talking about these big hard things and that our new family member is processing all of this change as best they can and that we can help them do that. So that's probably the, that's like the first thing I'm thinking about, um, you know, and I, and I'd probably reach out to friends. I've got a couple that are counselors and, try to get some recommendations, but that that's like the first thing that comes to my mind. Okay. Okay. Where do you, you know, you're, you're like, okay, great. We've got this new member of the family. We're going to do everything we can for that, uh, that inclusion, that transition, that grieving period. Like you said, the kids go to bed, you're sitting downstairs with your partner. You've got a little quiet time. What's what, where are you at that point? What are you thinking? What are you talking about? I think, so the next thing I'm thinking about is, probably like what the day to day, like how that's going to change. So I'm thinking about our living situation, our house, you know, do we have enough room? Yeah. If the kids are going to have to share a room now, which they probably would in our given situation. Um, again, how do we handle that? 
Do we need to think about looking for a bigger place? Uh, that would be that would be on the table and something that we'd be thinking about, but probably something that we would not take on very soon. I could see a six month to 12 month trial period to see if our current situation works, but it would be at the top of my yeah. mind, right? Like what's working, what's not working. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of keeping um, score along the way of like, you know, this room sharing thing, maybe not the best move or like this is working great. And the school plan is working great and, and things so far. Okay. And that, so that was the, that was the next thing about the day-to-day. I was thinking, I was thinking about school or again, daycare. Um, Are they, is it working for them? Is the, you know, our kids like the school they're in, but it's definitely not for everybody. So thinking about school, childcare, those kind of things, those would be probably the next set of things I'd be thinking about. These are, you know, those are big decisions. So I, I probably wouldn't be moving too fast, but I would definitely be assessing and, you know, kind of collecting data points. Um, Yeah. Probably the next thing down the line is like now that's a, you know, so for me, that's a lot of emotional work and now I'm ready to open up the budget again and think about like, where's all the money going to come from? Yeah. Um, So we're at, we're at step four in your process (laughs) and you haven't opened the budget yet. I appreciate that. That's a, you know, there, there's a, this, like I said, this is complicated and it, it, as much as it is a financial conversation of not should I, but how do I, it's the, the art in the science and it's the, you know, how are we going to cohesively uh, make this uh, a good experience for all involved? Yeah. So, you know, on the budget side, again, kind of time-wise, there's going to be immediate things like you'll know, you know, food, clothing. So we'll have to get a sense of like how much more we'll need there. The, the longer term stuff, you mentioned college, like that would be a big one. Um, you know, my guess is that we would, I, for, for something like college, I kind of like to work backwards. So I would think about how long until this child would potentially be going to college, put a target out there for what we're wanting to save. And that can be everything from, we want to be able to fund, you know, a, four years at a private school to, we want to be able to pay for community college at the, you know, locally or anything in between, but, you know, pick a flavor of that and then kind of just work your way back. So if that's how much I need eight years from now, 10 years from now, what's the payment function tell me in Excel that I need to put away a month that at least gives me like a target. And then, then you have to have conversations around, can we afford that? And if not, what does it mean for the end goal? But that's the next calculation I'd be doing is, you know, get some data on the day to day. Again, examples like grocery, things like that. Um, Gas, if you've got, you know, a new school to commute to. And then also think about the the longer term stuff. On the income side, there's a couple of things that I guess I would think about. So in our personal situation, we've, we do have a savings buffer that we could eat into, right? That that would, that would push out our retirement date, but that would not be unexpected, right? Taking on a, right. a third child. Um, right. And again, you can you can use some pretty easy functions in an Excel calculator to get you a general sense of, okay, if we cut from X to Y, how much further out does that take it till we hit our target number? And uh, to me, again, we talked about this earlier, but like that helps me even process the emotions of it. Just the data in front of me kind of helps me think through what yeah. this might, le- might, might mean for my, you know, my life. So, there's on the income side, there'd be a savings buffer. We also, my Monica, my partner works part-time. So there's potential there if she needed to add some hours. And as a nurse, that's 
not the hardest thing to do. So there, there's a buffer there. So we could think about adding some more work hours. The other thing um, that we would we need to look into relatively quickly is that assuming that the child's parents have passed away, um, Social Security does actually provide survivor benefits. And okay. so we would need to be working with the Social Security Administration or with, with other parts of the estate to make sure that we're able to collect those payments. And I, my understanding is that they usually will carry through until 18 or 19 when the child would be expected yeah. to be out of the house. Yeah. But that would also give some additional resources to cover some of the things we talked about. Yeah. You know, my, that, my, my question was really like, walk me through that process and not like what, how would you you know, live in the day to day, but more like, how do you get there? Let, let's say just hypothetically, uh, as we're twisting down this hypothetical rabbit hole, how do you get to a point where maybe the numbers don't quite add up? Maybe the, the numbers, you know, the college experience that you had planned for your kids, um, the timing, the retirement plan. It's one thing to say like, okay, you know, I'm doing great and I've been um, financially responsible and, and cautious up until now. And you know what, I'll just, I'll work on that little buffer of savings that I have and we can use that. Or I can turn up the volume a little bit on my income. I can take a couple of speaking gigs or my, you know, like you said, your partner can pick up maybe four, eight, 12 hours additionally a week. What if that doesn't quite work? What's the, what's the, the second ring of like, okay, I did the math. Now what? How, how, how do you take that approach or what, what do you do in that scenario? Right. So I've, I've, we've added some extra hours, we've chewed down our savings, but we're still in the red or pretty close, you know, what comes next. Yeah. Um, I think we probably, I mean, there's always some trimming you can do, but I'm going to assume your question is we've done the trimming, right? We've dropped the extra subscriptions. We've, yeah, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past. There's two yeah. ways to make it up. You, you spend less or you make more. Um, now we, we need to figure out either we make more or if we can't, or we don't, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, I think you probably, I'd have to start thinking about some of those big fixed expenses. So, you know, we mentioned earlier, like, how's, how's the living situation? What's it like at the house now? But I mean, honestly, if it's, if it's that tight, we, we may need to either downsize or sort of move, move out where we can, even with a similar size house, you know, maybe with yeah. a little bit longer commute, it wouldn't be as much of a mortgage payment, you know, potentially even think about like a refinance and like take some equity out of the house. Um, obviously those aren't things I'm looking to do without this kind of shock, but, exactly. um, you know, exactly they're my point. Yeah. yeah they're available. Is... And especially when you're thinking about assuming this is, you know, this is a anywhere from a, you know, two to three to a 20 year long horizon we're looking at. Um, I think we'd have to kind of think about shaking up some of those bigger expenses, at least for us, you know, housing and, and food yeah. are probably our big two. So, yeah, I think that to your point, like when you say 20 years, there's a little bit of, there might be a little bit of a recovery period financially, right? Obviously, emotionally and, and the day-to-day, the -day, there's going to be trauma. But, you know, trying to put that aside and say like, okay, you've made all these adjustments. Now everyone's out of the house. Now everyone's an adult. But you still have a little bit of, rep, you know, repair maybe where you, now you can make that up um, where you, you don't have the mouse to feed. Uh, you don't have the, the school, the, the activities, the transportation, the you know, all of those things that um, can pile up a little bit. Um, so, you know, the kids could be, the youngest could be, you know, two, three years out of college and you're, you're still kind of making that, uh, that approach. And I think, you know, to your point, thinking about that, 
in those opening weeks, those opening days of like, you know what, here's, here's how we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's the, the forks in the road and what path we're going to take. And then, you know what, there's going to be a time where we might have to, we might have to stack it a little bit at the end um, when, when uh, everything kind of plays itself out, but it's just you and me and we're going back, you know, we're going back to work a little bit harder. We're going to keep up that pace of, uh, you know, getting the, re- the retirement stacked and getting the emergency funds, you know, stacked and all of that. So um, I appreciate that. That's something that, like I was saying at, at the beginning, a lot of us are like, yeah, no problem. Got it. Got it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to step up. I'm going to take care of this. Um, I'll figure it out. Well, and, and, you know, that's one of the things, these are, you know, potentially some pretty hard changes that we're talking about financially, but, mm-hmm. you know, I would hope that, that the motivation would be there, right? You'd certainly you know, thinking about good friends that you've lost or family that you've lost and you want right. to, you want to do the best for, for your, their children, maybe your niece or nephew. And so I think the motivation to make, to not only make the decision, but like to stick with it, right. To, right. You have to move and downside the house and, you know, leave the neighborhood that you like, like, exactly you know why you're right doing point. it. And that, yep. that would be really important. I think like I've gone through some, some career trauma over my, you know, recent past. And I, and, and, and as like everybody, you know, a lot of folks go through little things like this. And one thing that I took away from it that I think is a positive is you kind of realize what really matters. Um, and to your point about like, yeah, maybe we have to downsize the house, but you know, I want to make sure that this individual is, is taken good care of and cared for the way that their parents would have or et cetera. And, and I think once you have some perspective of, of things like that, it's like, yeah, you know, I love this house. I don't love it more than that person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I like having a, you know, this commute. I like having uh, this feature. It doesn't matter. And the other thing I'm thinking as we're, as we're wrapping up is, um, you know, with our own kids, like we, a few years ago, we, we did do an estate plan. Um, so -hmm. thinking about if, you know, if it's ever our kids that have to be in this situation where someone else has to, to take care of them, you know, and finish raising them, um, setting it up, basic life insurance, Right. instructions on who, when they can access it and for what, and, you know, trustees and things like that. Hopefully we've made it so that whoever that would be could do it and not have to make a lot of the, the trade-offs right. that we were thinking. But, um, and I know not everyone can do that, but even just like simple things like term life insurance can yep. be not that much money, but a huge benefit if you would ever need it. Yeah. Yeah. Something that the, the surviving members can take with them and help with that transition and help with that, that path that they were on. Right. right? And that's it. That's the other thing is those, the, that individual or those individuals were on a particular path that now has changed. You are on a particular path that now has changed. Uh, how is that least uncomfortable for everyone involved uh, so that a good experience can continue? Cool, man. I, well, that's great. I really appreciate those thoughts. And I know like when we do porch beers, nine times out of 10, we're just kind of chatting it up and having a, you know, usual, you know, Hey, how does this work? Or what would you do in this situation? But, um, you know, this was something that, um, you know, I think is, is relevant. Like I was saying earlier, like there's uh, people go through this kind of stuff. Um, you know, not everybody, but it's going to happen to, to someone in your circle or someone in your, in your community and, and, uh, and having a, a roadmap and kind of a thought process, uh, is, is critical for the unemotional part of the experience. Yep. So I appreciate you unpacking that and I appreciate you indulging me sure. uh, in, in this. Uh, cool, man. I appreciate it. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Good as always. 
friends, Brett from Trogonomics, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We had a great time recording it. I hope you enjoyed it and found it resourceful and useful. After listening, please head to the website for all the details and the resources and the information that you just heard in the episode, as well as past episodes and a bit more background on Trog and myself. The website is trogonomics.com, T-R-O-G. O-N as in Nancy, O-M as in Michael, I-C-S dot com, T-R-O-G-O-N-O-M-I-C-S dot com. You can also find us on social media at Trogonomics. Thanks again. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time.